Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Here we are. Here we are. Doing it again. Uh, because we do it twice a week. That's right. Not like those other suckers. No, they do it like one, once a week. One, or, you know, unless you're, uh, hmm. uh, I can't remember their name anymore. They're a reformed podcast once a year? Well, they stopped. Yeah, I guess what well, they did. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe twice a year? Yeah. Uh, how you doing, man? What's going on? What's new? I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, relaxing. Mm, got a cigar going. Got a cigar going. Get to chill. Get to hang out a little bit. That's right. You know what? Happened? I didn't tell you this. Mm. So I think it was last week on Twitter. Uh, this lady, uh, she follows me. I think I follow her as well. Um, she out of nowhere, she said, uh, "Hey, um." She said, I heard you preach in uh, Portland years ago and thought it was great, but mm-hmm. I see that you follow Stephen Crowder on Twitter. Oh, I did see that and on she Twitter. Like, I saw she that whole thing. She had, had, had James it. White on it. Yeah, well, that, she was responding to a thread where he and I were talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she so, had him on it. Yeah, and he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. So I figured out it was she was talking about me, and I was like, oh. I said, well. So hold on. Let me get this straight. There was only three of you on this. Yeah, it was. And James said it wasn't him. So you figured out that it was a, it was about it, it, you. It took some math. It took some math for me to. <laughs> you deduce. I had to. I had to Sherlock it a little bit. You know, I, it's like listen. Not everything comes easy to people, Jimmy. Okay, sometimes we got to work for it. There was two of us, and one said no. I knew yeah. it was me. Yeah. Well, I was I was fifty percent sure it was me at that time. <laughs> I wasn't exactly sure. So she she and I was like, wow, man, she's like really. And so I said, I said, I follow a wide selection of people. Um, I follow people that I like, people that I love, people that I disagree with. I listen to people. Yeah, I read yeah, yeah. people that I disagree with. Yeah, that's um, no secret. In fact, We've there are people. There are people. I'm not going to say who, but no, like Kyle Kyle Howard. Um, people that I will mute because I just I don't want to see their stuff. You know, it's like, I'm not going to block people. And I'm, I don't think, I don't know if I've ever been blocked. I don't remember being blocked. And so I explained like, look, I listen to a lot of people talk. I said, for example, I actually follow the president and I'm not a fan of the president. So like, I don't love the president. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I respect the office. Oh, you don't love, you don't love the president. I don't love me some Trump. You you hate America. (laughs) I find the president entertaining. I find the office Hmm. worthy of respect. And um, so, yeah, I was explaining that to her and then block and I was like, it, it kind of annoyed me. I was like, what? Mm. I mean, okay, I'm fine. Uh, uh, you know, kind of. But a- hold on, though. Portland. Yeah. I mean, that kind of says it all. Okay, look, so I follow somebody that they have a problem with, and now. Portland. Okay. They do get triggered easier. Correct. I could, you could have said LA, and I would have thought the same. Okay, so. I'll have to ask Thomas Terry about that. Does yeah. everybody get triggered easy in Portland? Um, yeah. Based on the on the riots and stuff I've seen, it seems like I'm pretty sure a lot of people are yelling at each other. We're gonna get blocked now. Okay. Right now, people are gonna block us. Oh, but, this episode? Oh, well, this, this episode's episode, gonna be. This yeah. episode is gonna block. But I'm talking about just the fact that we even mentioned Portland in a oh, yeah. negative light. Okay, well, let's be positive. Portland, you guys have great coffee. Good coffee. Portland, you guys have some of the best donuts I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Portland, um, uh, Canvas is there. Oh, Portland. You guys have uh, the the biggest collection of Antifa. <laughs> something uh, not to be proud of, but yeah, yeah, something yeah, you could uh, say. Uh, and that that's about it. Uh, that's I can't all even, I say. About I can't that. even tell the story because it was the guy was so rude and said such awful things, which I found to be very funny. But um, 
these two guys, you know, partners, uh, life partners or whatever, mm-hmm. they, they came out. And yes, I know because we had an exchange. So they came out with their dog out of the mm-hmm. hotel. I was sitting in this hotel. Like, 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 how do you know that they were life partners? Because I had an extended dialogue with well, no, them. I'm just saying, like, you and I, everywhere we go, I... Because I, you tell people that I we're partners. I tell people that yeah. we're partners no, no, no. In, in podcasting. So um, these, two guys, these two guys walk out of this hotel with a dog. Dog's not on a leash. And uh, it's early in the morning. So they're obviously, they've been in there all night. And uh, Portland is famous for being a dog-friendly Very dog uh, friendly. city. Yep. So two guys you got that going for you, Portland. Hey, Portland, way to go. And then this dog stops on the, the red carpet that comes out of the hotel and starts peeing right away. Dog has to go. They don't have it on the leash. They're not mm-hmm. leaving the dog. They're kind of in their own world doing their own thing. So one of the dudes turns around, sees the dog peeing, and he goes, no, no. And he goes over there, and he hits the dog, and he grabs what? the dog. You don't know this? No. Dog, he, he literally pushes, doesn't throw because he doesn't leave doesn't lose contact with the dog, but basically throws and pushes the dog against the building and hits the dog again. So, oh, it's a dog's fault. It was cooped up inside and the it whole stopped time. to pee because they weren't paying attention. Um, so I start yelling at the guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I start yelling at the guy. I'm like, oh, what are you doing hitting the dog? And he tur- he looks at me and he goes, you're going to tell me how to train my dog? And I said, yes, that's, that is exactly what I did just there. <laughs> I, 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 like, I'm confronting you about hitting your dog. And then he said some very, um, ironically homophobic things to me. Uh, <laughs> he said some things to me that if I were to say them, it would be considered homophobic. Let me put it that way. Called me some names. He said some things. And so I walked up to the guy and, uh, then he walked away with his, uh. So you walked up to the guy and you looked straight at his, at his chest. And I looked said, at his navel. Yeah. I, I looked, height. That's I the looked height right at his navel. And, and I, I said, said, Hey man, you want, you want me to come up there? Yeah, Let me get a stool. I will climb up there and punch <laughs> you right in your eye. Um, oh, that's so weird. So Portland, you got guys are weird, but I like going there, and I've met some great friends there, mm. and a uh, great city to visit. I would never want to live there. Uh, the guy would have to do something You crazy. would never want to live there? No. That's surprising to me. me. Oh, my gosh. No, no, no Because I look like everybody else there? No, it's not because of that. There's there's only been a few places mm. I've heard you say, and actually, you know what? Never mind. It happens all the time you go somewhere. Forget no, it. it. Doesn't. No, okay. Forget every, it. Every, every time you go somewhere, yeah. Portland, yep. Wellington, yeah. you're always like- Because they're the same. I can move there. I no, I never said that yes. to Portland. Never yes, said that to Portland. Yes, you did. Nope, never I, did. If I here's wasn't what I said. Here's here. If what I, I wasn't here. Nope, I would never move there. Uh, but yeah, what I did say, coffee. what I did say is, um, besides all the things that I've already said, I've said like that's the one city, and Wellington is the same thing, just better uh, in New Zealand. I, it's the one city where I walk around and I'm not like a weird looking guy. I look like every other dude walking around in the street. So that's all I was saying. Mm. Hey, uh, that's not the only thing that's annoying me. Uh, I thought we could talk about some stuff that has been annoying us lately. Oh, let's do it. There's like a, there's a, we have a lot of things. We have a list of things that have been annoying us. Hey, you know what? Uh, I mean, for this week, I think we're going to turn into, uh, we're going to turn into what the happy rant is. The angry rant. The angry rant. That's, we're going to, we're yeah. going to be what happy rant is, but won't say it is. Yeah. They, we'll be honest about it. That's it. We're going to be we're truthful yeah. that this is the angry rant. Yeah. <laughs> we love you guys over there at happy rant, especially you Barnabas. The other only, guys, well, I, mean, really, I don't even really know who the other guys only, are. Yeah. Who is the other guy? I know, we know Barnabas. Barnabas well, is cool. We're down is, with Barnabas. Well, uh, there's pipes. There, and yeah, they, that's they all Barnabas. call each other ba- babe. babe. Hey, babe. Babe. Or yeah. baby. There's, hey, baby. Uh, there's like Tom Quack. What's his name? I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Baby. Um, so yeah, we're a little, little, little know, some, we're not going to go off. Some feminine men. We're not gonna, <laughs> we're not going to go off, but we do want to talk about some stuff and clarify some things that are bothering us. And maybe one of the big things right now uh, that does definitely deserves a conversation is uh, the idea of women preachers. We've already talked about this before. Oh yeah, but, we've had people come at us for this. So women preachers in the church versus sexual abuse in the church. 
And um, so Women Preachers in the Church is getting a, a lot of attention. Uh, a lot. There's a lot of content being put out about Women Preachers. Uh, like it's really come up in the last few weeks. It's just everywhere, oh, every it, day, nonstop. every of the day. I feel like I go on Twitter and yeah. it just explodes yeah. with this. And so who, I mean, uh, so like Beth Moore is the primary whipping gal, yeah. right? Like they're going after her quite a bit. And for the record, everybody, okay? I've had people ask me for years about Beth Moore Bible studies. Beth Moore, you seem like a cool lady. Um, I, I'm, I know you're a sister in Christ, so I don't know anything about you personally. But what I've seen, like, you know, you seem like a, you seem like cool people. A lot of my friends like you. Uh, but I, I've always, like, not encouraged people to use those particular Bible studies in our church mm-hmm. because we have theological distinctives that wouldn't be maintained in that, yeah, in that kind of And she's a Bible woman, study. yeah. Yeah, and they can't, they can't talk. So why is, like, uh, biblically, why are women preachers in the church getting uh, so much attention right now? Well, I think because the, the, there's the scriptural limitation, right, about uh, – About women preachers? No, no, about eldership. Ah. And so that people equate the two with each other, right? Right. So First Timothy 3, prime example. Yep. Um, so that's – I think that's that's true. And the, the, the people that are most vocal against women preaching in the church, um, they, they go to this particular doctrine, which is a good doctrine that uh, – No, wait. Was women pe- preaching in the church? What? What brought this all about? I guess we didn't talk about that. What brought up about this whole thing? Because I think it was Beth Moore preaching on a oh, Sunday it's been going for on Mother's Day. That. It's I know, been but going it's really that. been but because of Mother's Day. Yeah, yeah. Mother's Day sermon. That's definitely something. Uh, so biblically speaking, though, I think you're right. The the scriptural limitations on elders, the office is limited to qualified mm-hmm. men. Okay? It's not just men, but qualified, yeah, qualified men who are men. called by the stop, Lord. Stop just throwing men up there. Yeah, not that. Okay, and then secondly... Um, obviously there are those scriptural admonitions, uh, to, uh, uh, for women to not exercise authority over men in the church, right? Mm-hmm. So those are the two probably most biblical issues that are fueling much of the, uh, the work that's being put out there against the, uh, this concept of, of women preaching. So theologically and, and uh, biblically, as we're thinking about this, there are a number of issues at play here. Complementarianism, uh, the definition of preaching, uh, the context of Sunday services and all of that. So when it comes to complementarianism, we've mm-hmm. talked about this before. We've been really open about this. Yeah, we've kind of labeled ourselves as soft complementarians. Which now is oh, now a very bad word. It's very bad to say. Yeah. Very bad. Soft complementarianism means that you're soft on Bible, on doctrine, on uh, on whatever. Yeah. Um, so to be very, very clear, and uh, we, we would just say this, that uh, we do believe that uh, men and women are equal before the Lord and uh, both have equal dignity and value as people created in God's image. Uh, however, we do believe that men and women uh, ha- have innate differences uh, in their creation biologically and different callings on their lives mm-hmm. in specific contexts. And so uh, we, we definitely see that uh, in the church, there is a limitation about who can serve as an elder and women cannot meet those qualifications under mm-hmm. any circumstances to be pastors or elders. Uh, and we think in the home that there are there are some role distinctions that are in play uh, about husbands being the head of the household, the head of the wife, mm-hmm. bearing a greater level of responsibility and headship there. So- um, we like the Danvers statement. We yeah. like the Danvers. Down with Danvers, right? Oh, we're down with it. Okay, so we are complementarianism, but the issue here is um, 
is complementarianism enough? How narrowly do you find define it? How mm-hmm. strong are you? How weak are you? How hard are you? Or how soft are you mm-hmm. when it comes to these things? So that's one of the issues in play. And so we want to, and, and really, as far as I can tell, the, the, the big fighting that's going on mostly about this issue are among complementarians, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I even saw, uh, uh, Tom Schreiner had like this huge thread, yeah. huge text. Uh, yeah, thanks. Text. That's easy to read, Tom. Yeah, thanks. This man. whole Twitter thread. Well, actually, if you click the first one, and then it'll, it starts to. It, it, it's it still not it as order. easy to read as like just like a blog post. No, no, it puts it. It puts it all in order. Yeah, which but is yeah, nice. order is fine. It's still not as easy to read. So, no, it's actually really easy to read because okay, you you okay. read from left to right. You really, you, top. Something's easy for you to read. It was very okay. easy for me to read. All right, somebody read it out loud to you. You know what? It was uh, say and speak. Yes. Okay. So. Um, so there's a lot of this going on. Tom mm-hmm. Schreiner talking about the differences in house that people are yeah, having. Yeah, function and, and roles. And then, I mean, part of the issue is that you get, you kind of focus there about preaching, right? right? What does that then, what, how do you define preaching? What does it then mean? Who can preach as far as, uh, like who could speak on a Sunday morning gathering? This right? is the thing that annoys me mm. is because people are now, some people are defining preaching so narrowly that only a pastor can do it. And I think now, listen, uh, I could be very wrong here, but every Bible dictionary and encyclopedia uh, that I have looked at over the last couple of months does not define preaching that way. Uh, how does it define? It, how, like just ballpark. It is a verbal pro- proclamation of the good news of Jesus Christ. Oh, so and so, uh, yeah. yeah. It is. It happens in private. It happens in public. Mm-hmm. Um, it happens in different contexts. So yep. preaching is a task of elders, one of the primary ones, but preaching broadly is something that all Christians are called to do in one way or another. So anytime, you know, when people say, can women preach? I always say, well, of course women can preach. It's the context and the the role that mm-hmm. uh, that is ultimately in question, but some people are defining it so narrowly that trying to put uh, it into a little box and just saying this is the only way you right, can define right. it. And I was like that's that's a little annoying, and so that creates confusion because yeah. if you define it again, and I like that, I like to figure out like what is your definition of this word. So once I know like oh well I'm defining it that way, then I would say well if we use your definition, then I'm going to say no, women can't preach. But I don't even think that's a good definition of the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know the the pastoral. Uh, uh, a clarification and application of the scripture to a congregation uh, uh, to which there is a level of authority and responsibility. Uh, I, I don't define it that way. I think that's a little too narrow. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And then in the Sunday services, though, this is this where, is where it gets really because if you have that definition, that narrow definition that that Joe's talking about, uh, that some have, then yeah, then you look at Sunday service and it's natural that they would think that people would think that uh, this should be women should be excluded from that because right. they've narrowly defined it in such a way that they have to be excluded. Right. Uh, but if you look at preaching, as we're talking about, uh, as as Joe has talked about, looking at, at various uh, resources and definitions and even looking at scripture, uh, it it's it's open then. Like, at least we would say that. We would say preaching is open. Preaching to- is open to all. Now, we're all called to preach and proclaim uh, the gospel. Right. So... But not all in the same way. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to Sunday services, Jimmy and I did not articulate this well before when we were just kind of spitballing at the cigar shop on that video. We left it up, though. We're not going to take it down. Um, but our, our bottom line here is, while we do not have women preach on Sunday morning here at the church uh, at Redeemer Fellowship, um, because that role is associated with pastoral ministry here, um, we understand that there are complementarians out there who would say, no, people can preach here who do not 
have authority. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have to be elders. They don't even have to be qualified to be an elder to preach. Uh, if they are gifted to preach and called to preach, then we're going to give them the opportunity to do so. And so some of them would say, uh, not only, in other words, some of them would say, yes, it's it's within the, the bounds of orthodoxy and even complementarianism to allow a woman to preach under the authority of the elders in a congregation when she herself has no authority in that congregation. The word has the authority. Mm-hmm. The elders have the authority. The woman herself does not. Neither does a guest preacher coming in have authority in that context. Correct. So, and so what we said was, yeah, that's. That's a theoretical possibility. Like we, there are different convictions and practices. I understand people that would say never, ever, you can't do it. It's wrong. And I understand people that would say, I think there's room uh, for allowance here, though we're never going to budge on our, our doctrines as they are derived from scripture on this implementation of, of, of a implication of what we see in scripture. We can allow it. Mm-hmm. And for us, I think that we could say that the, these amount to differences among brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, not just the the church in general, mm-hmm. but among the body of Christ, right? And I mean, church, you know, like people that claim to go to church and pe- churches of any kind. I'm talking about conservative, Bible-believing, evangelical, complementarian churches. These are differences among brothers and sisters. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like oh, it's like- just differences. It sounds on the part of some that this amounts to a damnable heresy. Oh, I mean, there's so much time being taken out, uh, taken up by this, Joe. I mean, it's been it's been capturing Twitter. I mean, there's been some that have that have made the claim that have proclaimed that this is where the battle is. That's why they yes, that, that, they do. They, they in fact, um, I, I heard that again this week. They're they're. Uh, People, people say, like, the reason we're talking so much about this, the reason, like, what, social justice, same thing, right? The reason we're spending so much time on this, writing so much, putting out so much content on this particular issue, female preachers, is because this is where the battle uh, rages. Mm-hmm. And we are. I'm, I'm so glad we're dealing with this as brothers and sisters in Christ, because as brothers, I know we come and battle against each other. Yeah. Uh, you know. You know what you do in battle? You hug it out. You hug it out. <laughs> <laughs> You, you go get yourself some froyo and uh, yeah, enjoy the you day. Just, you just hug it out. I love that we were thinking the same thing. Yeah. Um, okay. So here's the thing, and I, I hear that. I've heard that a lot. I heard it this week again. Um, this is where the battle is. So we've got to fight. I'm not arguing against the idea that this is an intramural uh, fight mm. or disagreement or debate that we need to have. It is. Uh, but is this issue? a bigger issue, a more critical or important issue than sexual abuse in the church? Uh, no, absolutely not. Okay, so either they are th- the same, at the very least, <laughs> one is not bigger than the other, or at, at worst, sexual abuse in the church is a bigger issue. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two options that I can come up with. And I thought so we need to deal or, with but, both. But, or for some, what I'm hearing is, this: is, the, the idea of women preachers is more important is a bigger Clearly deal than than sexual abuse of the church which totally. to me is completely backwards offensive you are wrong it is sinful for you to even make that claim or that, have or have that position you don't even have to say it right because most that, of them, this is well, more, they wouldn't say it they wouldn't say that they won't say it but your position is is that your position is that this the idea of a woman preaching in front of the church is where the battle is, this is such a bigger issue than sexual abuse in the church. That is just that's 
it's messed up. Joe, it is, it's, it's messed up. I don't know how else, I have a lot of other words I want to say, but yeah. I'm saying it's messed up. Look, both are issues that are relevant and timely, and we need to be talking about both, right? Uh, but what I see is um, a whole lot of talking about and a whole lot of passionate preaching and lecturing uh, about women preachers or against women preachers. A lot of mansplaining. And not, <laughs> and not very much, if any at all, talk from the same dudes on the issue of sexual abuse in the church. And so your silence on sexual abuse in the church makes all that racket that you're making yeah. about women preachers sound a little hollow, sound a little shallow. And uh, I, I'm not uh, I'm not buying it. I, I think there's a problem. I think there are some priorities that are out of whack with people that are spending this much time and energy while neglecting and failing to speak up, especially in our own denominations, networks, uh, associations, churches. Uh, it, it annoys us. It, it, it makes us a little angry. It also annoys me that this is the thing that you're really going to, you're like, you're getting all about. Where were you then when we're talking about, uh, uh, unqualified men in the pulpit? Right. Why, why is that not, uh, where the battle is? Yeah. I was just, I watched today, I watched, uh, the Baptist 21 panel, um, hosted by Nate Aiken. And, uh, so there was a bunch of people on there, uh, Russell Moore's. Mm. Russell uh, Moore's is our jam. Uh, Albert Moeller's. Moeller's is our jam. <laughs> uh, Jen Wilkin. Uh, it was. It was. It was a good collection of people. Well, now I have to say, Jen Wilkin is our jam. I can't. I can't. Say, yeah. I can't why would? Yeah. You can leave it off. I, then, then all of a sudden. Yeah. Then. Yeah. yeah you, but how, why'd you, why was she on the stage though, Joe? Was how she, could was it a mixed? It was. Was it a mixed audience? Uh, I have no idea. I only saw this. So, anyways, so I'm watching it, and that's exactly one of the things that she was mentioning. Now, you can find the the quotes on on Twitter. I don't think the video is available, but I watched a live stream of it, and uh, she was like, "Look, um, and she's a complementarian, um, but she's saying like, there's a whole lot of attention on on uh women being unqualified to preach in the local assembly, but uh, we got a lot of dudes up there preaching that aren't qualified, mm. and that is true, and we should have uh our eyes down." in on our own internal problems on that on that as well so i think that that is huge and this the the i don't know some people will say like what are you talking about sexual abuse in the church is like the talk of the internet everybody's talking about it there's me too there's church too there's spc too like mm -hmm. these are this is there is a movement going on where we're trying to address these things and but the SBC deep state keeps trying to squash it <laughs> right i think oh there was such a great joke on the on the panel. Oh, so JD, yeah. uh, Greer, yes. Greer, yeah, yeah. The SBC yeah, president. The president, El yeah, Presidente. I, 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 I know JD Bridges and so JD. Yeah, 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 okay, so El Presidente. So Moeller was saying uh, something about how we go into the, these, these meetings and uh, we should be committed. We should be there for the voting. It's very important. We want to be there unified. And JD uh, Greer, Greer, he said, uh, he, he said, it's very important, everyone, that we are able to leave uh, the convention this year in a deep state oh, that's of pretty, unity. That's pretty good. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's All clever. Right, so, but here's the thing with sexual abuse. Uh, there is sexual abuse in our churches. There has been sexual abuse in our churches. Um, in fact, of course, that big uh, expose came out, uh, mm -hmm. Washington Times or whatever the paper was that it came out in, and it detailed 700 cases of yep. sexual abuse in SBC churches. And I, I have literally heard and read people say like 700, it's not that many. 
It's not uh, that many. And so uh, for all you guys out there that uh, that would say something that insensitive and dumb, uh, just just keep in mind, right? So if you look at the stats, right? So like you look at the at, at rain, right? The rape, abuse, and incest national network. If you look at them, uh, they report numbers like uh, only two hundred and thirty uh, cases of sexual assault is reported for every one thousand actual sexual assaults that aren't reported. Wow. Um, and this means reported to the police, not necessarily reported to friends or counselors mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm. like that. So we have some basic numbers, right? To, uh, if you have a thousand cases of sexual abuse, uh, only 230 are going to be reported. So if we have 700, Jimmy, you can do the math. If we have 700 um, uh, documented cases of sexual abuse in the SBC, uh, we're talking thousands. Yeah. Of, I, I don't even want to think of, of what we're talking about here. So, I mean, look, this is a bad situation and we're not unique in this. Every denomination, yeah. every network and organization uh, is, is, is dealing with this uh, issue, this problem, this sin, this evil. Mm-hmm. But what makes it worse is the bad response yeah. by the leadership within the church, by uh, pastors and good old boys that uh, just want to move guys out to another church, mm-hmm. uh, to guys that uh, don't want to hold their their friends uh, or their co-laborers responsible for wicked acts. They don't want to embarrass their friends. So not only do you have a bad response to these issues in many cases, mm-hmm. uh, by protecting the abuser, oftentimes the victims are, wind up getting abused again by the leadership because of poor handling of the situation. Yeah, and oftentimes I think, I mean, Joe, I don't want to speak for you, but I think this is, to me, this is a worse sin. Yeah. Like this is, this is like, as leadership, you know, the truth, you know, what has happened. You, and, and you fail, you fail to protect the flock that, that you have been entrusted with. You are to shepherd them. You are to care for them. You are to protect them. Yeah. And here you are covering by your, whether overtly or by your negligence, yeah. you are covering the the uh, uh, the abuser. I totally agree. I, I, I uh, maybe it's controversial. Sexual abuse is a wicked, evil sin. Uh, hiding sexual abuse, uh, not caring for the victims, is a worse sin. I think there's a greater degree of heinousness mm-hmm. there because you know you. I mean, you just you know it. You know it, yeah. and yet you do nothing. Given the charge to shepherd people, and you are not. You are a shepherd that neglects the flock. Now, now that, listen, I know that this is not every church. This is not most of our churches, but this is a problem that we need to address. We need to um, corporately call it out. We need to mourn with those who mourn, protect mm-hmm. those who have been hurt, and hold people accountable for their sins, report them to the police, work with the authorities, counsel uh, counsel the victims, and, and walk them through this, walk with them. You know, um, now I know most recently, because uh, the, the, the story dropped this week, uh, about, I don't know, seven or eight years ago, there was an alleged case of sexual abuse of like an, a little girl, 11-year-old girl, that happened uh, through a, a minister at the village church, uh, Matt mm. Chandler's church. And so this article, it's a big article, it's getting a lot of play. And people, you know, a lot of people are immediately worked up by it. Um, a lot of people are immediately defending the church. 
people get reactions are, are pretty easy. Uh, it's, it's easy to, to go to an extreme reaction, right? Yeah. Uh, because of this. Uh, so I, I don't know the details and what is true or not true about how the church responded. I, I don't have that information. Um, but one of the things, cause Matt Chandler today, did you see that today? We haven't talked. Did you see Matt Chandler's response? I caught the, yeah, I caught okay. the end of it. Yep. So one of the things that Matt appealed to on a couple occasions is and full disclosure, we're an X twenty nine church. Matt is the president of X twenty nine. Yeah, so uh, our role church. right now is to protect them. Continue. Okay. <laughs> so, um, one of the things that I I had a hard time with in, in listening to this um, is that one of the, I guess one of the explanations about why things unfolded the way they did on the part of leadership of that church is that this happened not at the campus where Matt is, uh, you know, has his office and where he primarily spends his time. This happened at a campus 25 minutes away. And so it was the, it was basically a, a group of pastors there. There was a group of leaders there and that's where all the care is, of course, normally going to be taken care of. And so when this happened, it really falls to that particular uh, manifestation of the large uh, village church with all of its sites. And, and throughout he, he appealed to the complexities of large church. Mm-hmm. And so I, because I don't want to get into the weeds cause I don't know the details. Uh, that's, this is one of the problems that we have with very large churches is uh, a, a, a lack of access to the regular preaching pastor or a lack of access to all of the elders. Um, I'm all, I'm going to just say it's an, it also uh, feeds uh, this temptation. And I think, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to assume the worst of Matt on this. Right. But it felt like a deflection. Well, guys, that wasn't, I, I wasn't there. Yeah. That's not I, my, uh, it's 25, what did he say? 25 minutes or 25 miles? 25. Wait, at first he said 25 miles, but then he said 25 minutes. All right. It's like 25 that. minutes away, guys. In Texas. In Texas. Everything's 25 Everything's minutes, 25 minutes away in Texas. So Steve McCoy be, drives 19 minutes every day to get his work done at the cigar shop. Yeah. So I'm sorry. You know what? <laughs> to say that, to me, that, that's such a, that's such a cop out. It's not even, it's, and it's a bad one. It's yeah. a bad one. First, okay. If you don't want to, or if you're thinking you're unable to, that, like you signed up, you, you signed up for this church, right? Like, okay, God blessed you, God blessed you guys, and you, but you went along with that ride, Matt. Yeah, you went along with that ride, and then you, you are entrusted with them. You are you are responsible for that. Twenty five minutes away, yeah, that, that, that's not my thing. I I didn't like the uh, I didn't like that answer. And I and again, Matt said throughout, like I'm doing a lot of introspection, trying to figure things out. We didn't do everything right, so I, I can appreciate that, but. This idea, and again, like I don't expect even the preaching pastor, I don't expect any one particular pastor, even the preaching pastor, to necessarily be the one who is the constant caregiver of a particular individual. I agree with That's that. That's different. I but, agree with that. But being uh, accessible and present and involved especially, as the main guy. Especially for something like this. This is not a small thing. This is not a small thing. This is not someone's, someone was upset that you didn't, you know, uh, promote the party their graduation party right. for their kid uh, you, that's you, not what this is yeah it's not a fight in the parking lot yeah no this is this is an allegation of sexual abuse right. this is uh this is something that you need your hands need to be on and you need to be intimately involved in knowing what is happening here and the steps being you know uh moved forward and how you are going to be protecting right from here on out now, here's the thing. Um, I'm, I recognize that it's easy for us to say this because we pastor a small church. We've got 350 on Sunday. Which if you count is, yeah, the babies. Which is why we're right. 
<laughs> so it's easy for us to say, I, I, I recognize the complexities. I recognize that big church is something that I probably could never really uh, deal with. Uh, I don't, I don't think I even have the giftedness to, 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 to be in that sort of a place. However, um, I, I don't, I, 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 I still have a, a fundamental problem with doing church in such a way that makes pastoral care mess, like not just messy, like, cause it's inherently messy, but problematic. And the larger the church gets, uh, the more, I don't want to say the more often it becomes very easy for some neglect mm-hmm. missteps. It, it, I think it makes it more likely that mistakes are going to be made uh, because you don't always know because there's such a long chain of communication between individuals and events back to senior leadership mm-hmm. um, that uh, I don't know that we can get a full picture of what's going on in those contexts. So, and listen, I'm not, but let again, me just don't use that as an excuse though. That's what I just think. say. Hey, this is a problem. This, this is, is a problem. problem. Yeah. And, Cause everything else you said, like and the way they, you know, obviously we're hearing, you know, his side of the story. It's and, and I, I don't have a reason to uh, distrust what Matt's saying. Right, I, but I, I like I Matt. I like. I, I know him a little bit. So, I like so Matt. what he said there, I'm thinking, you know what? That's yeah. I understand how and why he handled. You know, I understand it. I get it. Like but they, you, they, I, they but felt I like they went. They you know they had the police. The police were involved. They were counseling them. They were having the meetings with everybody. Fired, and the guy was fired for drunkenness. But uh, that it, was before the allegation came out. Before that, the allegation came yes, out. That's exactly. right. Exactly, and that's what he said. He goes, "This was before. Like we fired him before the allegation came out. So that's what we said. Yeah. It was, unless I'm misremembering, I might be. I remember I caught it. You oftentimes do misremember. I do misremember. Yeah. Uh, and so it it sounded like he they fired him because yeah. of drunkenness, and then later, once it came, when the allegation was made, then they brought everyone together and said, "Here it is." Here's he, well, we, they brought we, they brought a few people together. They, they brought um, uh, the parents that they could locate who had their kids at that particular camp. No, but then they let the whole church know. Uh, not by name, I don't think. It doesn't matter. The point is, no, is they, that, yeah, they put it up on their website. They said. So the the main thing is that um, I think we need to recognize the limitations of our churches. And, and and so recognize the limitation of your church. If you're a small church, you've got limitations. If you're a big church, you've got limitations. And own it and say, this is a bad mm-hmm. part of being a church of our size. It's a bad part of it. Um, and maybe we need to figure something else out. Yeah. What can we do to, to write this? Um, and then there are like owning missteps very clearly and honestly. And when we're talking about sexual abuse, um, I'll just mention, there's a lot of connections to us and to me and to Redeemer as it, as it, as this issue comes up and I'll just mention one, uh, we had a member of this church who, uh, years and years ago, um, was accused of, uh, sexually abusing a child of a, of a family that was at our church. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, what we did was, um, uh, the parents heard about it from this little, little girl and they called me. And I got involved and we immediately called the police mm-hmm. and got the police involved. And uh, homeboy was arrested. He confessed. Um, and we also uh, very quickly before uh, before we even had him confessing, we informed the church uh, about the situation. Um, and uh, we brought the church together in a private members meeting to let everybody know here's what's going on. Not only like the details that might make some people feel a bit more comfortable. This didn't happen on site. This is not one of our leaders. It was one of our members. Uh, it happened off site somewhere else. Um, however, we wanted everybody to know and people were crying and mourning and grieving and we worked hard to walk with those families and love them. We've, we, we've had to go through this. So um, we're not just talking as if we haven't had to deal with this mm-hmm. stuff 
before. And, and like this whole issue of bad pastoral care in, with the issue of sexual abuse sort of relates to bad pastoral care in church discipline. Because the church discipline thing is another thing that really annoys us because it's it's done in like so many bad ways. Uh, yeah, in fact, well, for, for a church that believes in church discipline, when we talk about it in our members meeting, like not our members, our, our newcomers meeting, yeah, our yeah. orientation members class, we, we talk about it there. We, we spend a lot of time on it so that they know what it is. And I can see their faces. They usually have, or oftentimes have anyways, uh, sort of a like a wince, like, ooh, church discipline. And oh. it's not because they're afraid of being held accountable. It's because they've seen it done poorly. Yeah. I mean, well, first off, I think one of the worst ways we could see it done is when there's no church discipline at all. <laughs> no church discipline. There's nothing. Yeah, that's probably no, most common. That's most common where, where people are not held accountable. Uh, when people are continue in their unrepentant sin and the elders do not get in their business uh, and, and call them to repentance. Right. You know what that means? It means that you can't protect your people. Yeah, you can't you can't really protect people. You can't get involved uh, it, to to the degree that you need to to make sure that people are safe. Um, I agree. No church discipline. Then there's like selective church discipline. Mm. Oh, they will pounce on some people, string them up, shame them uh, for all kinds of infractions, but uh, they won't do it to others. Yeah. Uh, they won't do it those in to, leadership or those in a good old boys club. Yeah, people that make lots of money, people mm-hmm. that have influence, people that big tithers. Yeah, so. It is, uh, yeah, big money doesn't matter if they're not tithing, so big time. Yeah, that's good. Exactly Thank you for the clarification. Yeah, there you go. Jimmy's there the money go. guy. He knows about that stuff. That's why I get away with whatever I want. Because you give so much. I've been looking at your records. Well, not they, that impressive. Well, I'll, listen, I'm leaving. Okay, listen. 30, I'm leaving. Take it back. 30% of your uh, net is, is good. But <laughs> I feel like you could do better than that. Um, so, yeah, no church discipline, selective church discipline. And then you got the abusive kind of yeah, church discipline, right, right, where right. it's just, where it's just overbearing and heavy-handed. you're just like, it, yeah, heavy-handed. Like, it, you, let's take them behind the woodshed and just, you know, it's punitive. And like, listen, we've had to do church discipline over the years. I've had to do a lot of church discipline. And um, the one thing that I've learned after twenty plus years in, in pastoral ministry as like pastor um, is that effective church discipline is most often. Uh, tough but gentle and it is uh, hopeful Hmm. Um, it is practical it is most often private only relevant parties know it is but the the abusive thing that i've seen is where it becomes punitive and you're you're making people suffer and you're making them not making ju- them stand before the church and yeah before it needs everything. to get there exactly. right? i mean that's it, people just go i think way too quick so bad church discipline is frustrating cuz we see it and we listen i've seen it i've seen bad church discipline and i've seen sexual abuse cover ups and mishandling sexual abuse in churches in i've seen all of this in every group that I look at, hmm. right? So whether it's SBC or Acts 29, uh, ARBCA, Association of Reformed Baptists of America, I mean, and I'm- Sovereign just, Grace. Yeah, yeah, right? So like I, all of them. And honestly, like I'm getting to the point where like I don't want to belong to any group. I'm honestly, and I'm not going to make that choice. Um, yeah, we're just going to start like the, the D&D. Oh, D-D-D. Do- triple D. D. The Denomination of Doctrine and Devotion. Boom. Get that URL. Okay. <laughs> Triple D. <laughs> Triple D. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I get weary of it, and it's like I, 
on the one hand, I, I just, it's like, there isn't, it's like, okay, so we leave this group. Cause I think you need to partner together. I think it's important to cooperate. Yeah. So where do you go? Who do you cooperate with? Cause nobody is pure. Nobody is perfect. Yeah. There and no a, one's going to do it as well as you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, what? I, I just don't know. I just get tired, man. I get frustrated at the situation and I see just so much. On the one hand, I see leadership performing badly as it relates to some of these sensitive issues. And uh, I honestly just don't know what to do. I, I, I know that to, uh, to work for change, to call for repentance, to, to practice repentance myself. I, I know that, uh, you know, to, to, to work together transparently, um, to be the influence. I get all of that, mm-hmm. but it does get, it does get pretty frustrating and tiring for me. So what else though, Joe? I mean, there, I, well, you know what? Can I, can I give one that's annoying me? No. Oh, come on. Let me, let me give one. One. All right. One. I'm going to go with, let's just say mature men losing their focus. Ooh. And I'm not talking about Piper and his Twitter. <laughs> um, are you talking about me during an elders meeting, though? Uh, no, because I'm a mature man. Yeah, yeah, but I tend to lose my focus. There. You do, and, but the thing is, is like usually it's because we're texting back and forth. Sometimes that happens. Yeah, we're like, do yeah. the elders listen? They do. Yeah. Uh, no, no, we're we're texting back and forth our opinions and prayer requests. That's what. Thank that, you, Jim. Yeah, and scripture verses. Yeah, man, I I like that. Mature men losing their focus, uh, as I know what you're talking about, because we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. There, there are people that we respect people that we love there are leaders that we admire in so many ways good theologians mm-hmm. faithful pastors mm, yes who have a track record of of you know years of pastoral ministry making disciples and it does seem like they are fairly sidetracked pretty hardcore i mean you know for example we were just talking about above like the the female preachers man it's like again a worthy discussion, an important debate, mm-hmm. uh, something for us to talk about and get clarity on. But it's like they've lost their focus on the main thing and be, have become sidetracked from, you know, like the really, really important stuff. Yeah, I don't, and I, I, I don't know why. Somebody was asking me this yesterday. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Why? Why are they so fixated on a particular thing? Uh, you know, social justice problems uh or perspective right uh critical race theory uh whatever it is like i i I get that that these are that these are problems or potential problems and you want to engage them but they're so fixated on it so i mean should we just say who we haven't said well there's a bunch there's a bunch okay but recently though there's been a panel and so we're going to want to discuss that panel so we have to say who it is who it is who uh, founders Hey, look. And I love founders. I love founders. They, I've been, I, been I've been blessed immensely by them. All right, look, here's the thing. The founders and doctrine devotion have always been friendly. Um they used to promote our stuff. Uh <laughs> I think that I think that might have stopped a while back. Um probably after our episode uh, <laughs> on the social, social justice, justice. And the yeah, 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 yeah. Um all of a sudden then we're uh SBC's deep stated. Yeah. Uh, all I know is, is that, uh, listen, I know Tom Askell. I think he's a good and godly man. I think he's a, he's a good theologian. Like I have much respect for him. Um, I, I, I hope to become 
uh, a good man like Tom, especially when I'm really old like Tom. Uh, I like Tom. Mm. Uh, he was on that panel uh, that the founders put together recently. And uh, founders has like, I mean, th- these guys, they're solid men. And we have the utmost oh, yeah. respect for, for all of them. Yeah, t- Tom Nettles. I went to Southern Seminary primarily, sorry, Dr. Moeller, uh, for Tom Nettles. Mm. I wanted to take everything I could from him. I, he, I think he's one of the greatest Southern Baptist theologians, maybe the greatest. So I'm going to say he's the greatest Southern Baptist theologian. Um, um, amazing man, godly man, legit guy. So, uh, you know, they, they had this, uh, they had this panel this year at the SBC and, um, some solid men that we have respect for. And then there was Owen Strand. Um, <laughs> I'm joking, Owen, you know, I'm playing, I'm just playing. Um, so <laughs> you're so mean. Oh, come on. I mean to everybody. I mean, I mean to, that's what I do. Scorpion. All right. The most of what they said was fine, right? Like a, a lot of it was fine, but it was on masculinity. And one of the, one of the questions was, what are, what are today's issues? How do we engage them? How do you engage them? And I, I'm sorry. I do not remember the man uh, who responded. He's one of the gentlemen on the stage an, an older gentleman. And, um, here's what he said. I'm not only opposed to women preachers. I oppose effeminate, sissified preachers with skinny jeans on. They give me the heebie-jeebies. I'm tempted to hike up their pants leg and check them for pantyhose. I don't like that. And then everybody guffawed and laughed. And <laughs> well said. Um, and it, it, it is at best, I know you don't like this word, Jimmy, ignorant. It is at best ignorant mm-hmm. and unhelpful. And again, Ignorant doesn't mean dumb, mm-hmm. just means you don't know. Thank you for qualifying. Uninformed. Yes, good. Uh, I think it's a dumb thing to say too, though. Um, and what, what, what bothered me is like, nobody said anything. Like nobody, nobody said, all right, yeah, well, hey, it's funny. That was funny. But, but uh, uh, yeah, let's yeah, clarify was, that. Yeah, you know, really skinny jeans? Really skinny jeans? I would, I would never, I'm, I'm not allowed on those kinds of panels. No, of course uh, not. You know, but. SBC uh, Deep State. I, I would, I just would love to. I wish I was there because uh, I, <laughs> not only what I want to point out, like, um, look, you can have an issue uh, and we'll talk about what it does mean to be an effeminate man. You, you, I understand all of that. You, you, you can have those, those concerns, but the minute you start to be the guy that says, cut your hair, the minute you, you become the guy that says those skinny jeans are for ladies, uh, not only does it mean that you're focused on the wrong things, that you're judging people based on their appearance when you shouldn't, and, uh, and certainly not on any biblical grounds of appearance, um, you also just don't know what you're talking about. Do you know when the skinny jeans came out? Jimmy, do you know when the skinny jeans came out? No, no, no. 1950s. You know who wore him? Elvis. Close. Yes. He was a guy that did wear skinny jeans. Oh, not with the tapered leg, though, Good generally. Yes. Roy Rogers, Lone Ranger. Oh. Like, they became a thing among, like, a lot of the singing cowboys. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, they're super well, tight. Well, they were singing, yeah. Uh, well, they sang uh, extra high because those jeans were so tight. Yeah. They, uh, they, you know, the skinny jeans are these, like, tight in the thighs, tight around the calves. They taper down to the ankle, typically. Uh, a lot of... Like in the 1950s, these became popular. They, uh, in fact, women didn't wear skinny jeans. The, women didn't start wearing skinny jeans until the sexual revolution, uh, when they started to like you know pull on some of the mm-hmm. the fabric of gender distinctions based on dress. Uh, so that's when women really adopted uh, tight pants like that. And by the way, just for the record, skinny pants on men goes all the way back to the 19th century. You ever see those paintings? Oh yeah, with the with the yeah. knickers. Yeah, yeah, they got the they got the tight. 
silky stockings. You're talking about George Washington, yo. Um, I'm talking. Well, that yeah, that would be 18th century. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but he was anyway, he goes back yeah, further. Yeah, it's, it's been, we've had we've had the pants for, but these are like pants all the way up, like super tight. Like, come on, guys. Like, let's focus on the right things. This is just. But but let's let's consider you know right. a, a couple of things here, right? One is I, that uh, he's opposed to effeminate, sissified preachers. Now, on the one hand, mm-hmm. uh, an effeminate man is is an important thing to discuss. I think it's I think that that's that's a worthy discussion. Uh, the complexities arise when you define it, right? So, what does it mean to be effeminate? It means that you are characterized by qualities that are commonly true of and predominantly thought of as female. Okay. Right. Um, and so a lot of that is going to be cultural. A lot of it's going to be cultural, which means a lot of it will shift. Right. So, uh, you know, in some cultures, uh, like, uh, you know, maybe long hair would be a, a, a almost purely a feminine trait, mm-hmm. uh, and not a masculine trait. And then time goes on and all of a sudden men with long hair, it's, it's not a thing anymore. It's not considered effeminate. So there is a cultural aspect to it of things that are going to ebb and flow. And I do think that, um, that there are ways in which, uh, men can, uh, live and behave as if they were women in, su- in such a way that it is truly recognized that this guy is, is in some way not pursuing, uh, godliness and masculinity, yeah. but are in some way, uh, but is in some way or in some ways, uh, adopting a persona and a lifestyle that they are not designed for. Now, but I think it's incredibly, uh, complicated for us in this day to really suss that out. Because what is it? A guy with a lisp? A guy that the guy that has a uh, has a kind of a a way about him that I know some guys would characterize as swishy. Hmm. I can tell you this: I know guys that are men that are that that love their wives and their kids. They're leaders in the church, and uh, they have a way about them that is a little more, we'll say, flamboyant. Yeah, and or, they're not they're not gay and they're not sissified. Or they're, or they're metro in the sense that like they dress well, they're composed well. Yeah, I mean, not us, not us. Your no, feet are metro though. My feet are metro. Yeah, yeah. But when you look at like like trip. Paul Tripp is metro. Is, is, is that effeminate? Yeah, no, because uh, his mustache will slap you in the face if you say it. <laughs> he ain't playing. We, the must- he ain't playing. <laughs> so, look, some of this is a little... It's it's weird. It's weird. Here's the thing. When we talk about, when they're saying effeminate men, yeah. like I feel like I've heard this before. What do you mean? Like we've heard this whole idea of effeminate men in the church and, and going against... No, but not like this. Not like where they're like railing, like carrying on and it's a whole thing. Oh, no. I mean, let's just look at... I don't know. Uh, here's something from 2011. Uh, here's someone that posted they're Probably a nobody. Facebook. Go ahead. Yeah, they said, uh, so what story do you have about the most eff- effeminate, anatomically male worship leader you've ever personally witnessed? You know who opposed that question? No. Mark Driscoll? Yeah. We've heard this before. Yeah. We're just going full circle. Going full Driscoll. Going full Driscoll. And I'm sorry. Listen, this guy and, and, and okay, I'm going to associate founders in this because they haven't come out and said, and maybe they haven't had a chance. Maybe they're going to come back and clarify uh, this sort of thing. But listen, this is the next, this is the logical conclusion to this. 
right? This is the logical next step for them is to go full Driscoll in the sense that everyone's got to be macho watching MMA, going to Buffalo Wild Wings, drinking their beer, eating their wings. Har, 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 har. I actually like all that stuff. So I know, but nothing I, wrong, I, I, yeah, there's I'll, nothing wrong with that. Stuff. There's nothing wrong okay, with that yeah, stuff. Yeah. But the fact that's to not the that, measure of, of manliness. But that's what you yeah. know. That's what they're. This is that's full Driscoll. You know what's funny is that and there's I, more Driscoll. I, 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 I actually, with I actually know MMA fighters who wear skinny jeans. I dare you to call them effeminate. Please, <laughs> just go please call them effeminate. What do you mean there's more Driscoll? Well, I mean, there's more Driscoll. I mean, let's continue down this road of, the of rabbit Driscoll. Hole. The rabbit hole of Driscoll effeminate males. So I think by now people know that Driscoll had a handle on, on a website. Oh, yeah, back in the day. Yeah. Back in the day. William uh, Wallace. William Wallace II. The second. He was William mm. Wallace the second. And I'm going to go ahead and, and read... This this thing. Well, if it's back in the on the message board that they used to have, you probably can't actually read it out loud because he said some. He did. Ooh, uh, he said I'm going to say stuff. things like we we live in a completely kittified, kittyified, mm-hmm. kitty catified yeah. nation. nation. Yeah, uh, we could get every man a real man as opposed to. Uh, beep. James Dobson knockoff crying, promise keeping, homoerotic, worship loving, mama's boys, sensitive, emasculated, neutered, exact male replica, evangelifish, and have a conference in a phone booth. I mean, this is it, it, all this. He talks about uh, people wanting to sit down and pee. So, so Johnny hits youth group one day to hear from his bleep youth pastor, and he sits in his room alone each night on the internet, hoping to get some with the occasional quote falling into sin end quote with a woman as they inevitably cross boundaries of intimacy because he's so afraid of women and has no idea how to take one or love one or serve one or take one to bed and make the song of songs sing again one day johnny finally gives into the pressure of his pre-humper single ministry and gets stuck with some gal left on the shelf long after an expiration date just or expiration date that is just like dear old mom who wants him to shut up like adam take his beating and join a church men's group that is really a woman's group in disguise complete with cookies and crying and antidepressants to cope with the insanity i can go on and he's got even definitions for, he made his own like dictionary for those of you who don't know who mark driscoll is um he was one of the most popular pastors and preachers in america 10 years ago um planted a church it blew up started the Acts 29 network with another guy and god used him greatly god used him tremendously but that stuff is toxic nonsense mm-hmm. that stuff is poison and I, I, I don't think it's unfair for you to point out, because this is what you're doing, that the comment that this brother made, uh, it, it, it echoes it echoes some it's Driscoll. It's yeah. Yeah, and what you're doing is, is you're trying to establish God, masculine godliness upon extra-biblical norms, which is weak sauce, man. It's just... And here's the thing. Um, I, I don't... I don't know the guy who said the statement. I, um, I, I don't hate the guy. I, I, I just, and, and he's an older gentleman. So like, I would want to be very respectful, mm-hmm. especially on stage. Um, I would want, I want to be very respectful and I would want to follow scripture and I would be gentle in my, in my correction. Hmm. I would want to say, well, you know, I, you know, I, I know some guys that wear skinny jeans, um, who could fight everybody on this stage and 10 Owens uh, at the same time. <laughs> what um, is oh, I'm just what, playing. What is it you got with Owens? No, this is just funny. I, like, you know, I got to find somebody to pick on. I'm not going to pick on Tom Haskell. No, he could no, probably no, take no. me. Tom will, Tom will take you. Tom, but Tom Owen, will take Owen, you. Owen ain't taking me. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like it's, uh, you know, like this, 
is an opportunity to say, hey, man, uh, it just it's not. that's not really a fair critique. It's funny. I know we don't like it. We're all like, you know, we're getting older and maybe we balk at some of the trends and and the changes, but deep V uh, t-shirts and skinny jeans, I don't like them. I don't wear them. uh, If I was ripped like, uh, what's homeboy at Elevation Church? What's his name? Oh, Furtick. Yeah. If I look like Furtick, no, I still wouldn't wear them, but I probably wouldn't wear a shirt at all. To be honest, I'd probably oh. just go shirtless the whole time. If I, if I, that's why God, that's why God won't let me have a ripped body. <laughs> oh, that's exactly because that's, that's you would cause everyone to stumble. I would, I would, I, I would. I would Paul just, Maxwell every day. Oh, you'd have to. You'd have why to. Not? Why would you deny yourself and everyone else the benefit of the glory of oh. your pecs and abs? Yep, yeah. Max, uh, Paul, I'm, I'm. You know what I'm looking for? Send, send some pics. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, you know what, Paul? Don't because I know you will. Don't. Uh, he, yeah, he might have done that before. <laughs> or you can just look at his Instagram. Um, so, and this is the same thing, right? Like ministries, churches, losing their focus, like the whole social justice thing. You know, it's like, and, and here's the thing. I, I don't think the problem is is just founders, I think, having too much of an emphasis on the social justice stuff. Yeah. Um, I would, I would with them say that churches that are captivated by social justice are – have been completely misled yeah. in terms of their emphasis. Justice matters and we should be about it. Um, we should first and foremost be about the glory of God and the proclamation of Jesus Christ and the making of disciples and the byproduct of that should be the, the, the love of mercy and the doing of justice. Absolutely 100%. So we should be opposed to, vocally opposed to working against abortion and racism and, and sex slave trade and, and all of that. We, we absolutely should. But people are... Man, they're sidetracked. Again, I don't... mm. Oh, here we go. No, I just don't... I've been reading Founders since they had printed journals since 1994. Um, Like, man, like I have a long history of benefiting. I've gone to the conferences. I know a lot of those guys. I respect a lot of those guys. But man, the, the, the new emphasis to me is is just as discouraging as the new emphasis of people on the opposite end of the spectrum is troubling. And it's not that, again, it's not that we don't address the issues. It's not that we don't have articles and sermons, and but it's like it's just, it feels like it's all the time. And not just fine. It's like all kinds of groups, all kinds of people in churches are distracted. Mature people that we respect are distracted. And we're not immune to that. We get distracted too. I mean, oh, like yeah. we, it happens to all of us and it's frustrating. So like when we say like I'm we're annoyed or we're we're angry or we're 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 triggered. Hey, listen, I make fun of people that get triggered easy. I've been triggered. I've been I mean, I can say it like Oh, I, mean, I this, love this, I love getting stuff. Joe triggered. Oh, stop it. You so rare you'd never see it. Oh no, I do. You know, never, I, I, that's so rare. rare. Yeah. All I got to do is you know what? All yeah. I have to do yeah. Is be you know uh, have you to my left where I'm supposed to discard to you mm-hmm. in a three way mm-hmm. and like I'm winning and the person to my right playing Steve, canasta right yeah is winning yeah and it's just us two and you're like only at three hundred points and, and what would you have uh, I'm probably about thirteen fourteen okay, okay all right and Steve has like 13, 15, 1600. yeah yeah and so like instead of just giving you the pile right so that I'm, I can I'm, I can up my score a little bit because it doesn't matter you're not because I'm not gonna win yeah I'm just gonna go ahead and keep blocking oh, you oh you're gonna pat me. I'm going to pet you. That's what Pat Aldridge does. that triggers you. Yeah. I do get a little triggered. I go scorched earth. And then I help the guy to my left win. I give him everything. Uh, Make the other person pay. So listen, we we all get triggered and we're not, listen, we don't try, we don't pick fights with people. We're not doing that here. But man, uh, we've we've talked about some of this. It's bothering us. And we thought, let's just get it off our chest so that we can get Sometimes you got to vent. You know? 
and then we just get back to doing what we're doing. Like to get, you know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, look, I, man, there's so much good. I'll tell you what, the Baptist 21 had a panel that was on today at the SBC and, uh, I liked it. The first half in particular, I really liked. Um, and there was another half. And then the, the thing that Matt Chandler was at the very end. Um, I'm encouraged. I'm, as much as I am discouraged by some of the things I see in the SBC, I'm also encouraged by much of what I'm seeing in the SBC. Mm. Same goes for Acts 29 and same goes for most churches in general, right? Like I, I get discouraged about the, uh, the shortcomings at our church, but I'm also encouraged by what I see. And so that's mm-hmm. part of what, you know, keeps us in the networks, the, you know, the convention that, that we're a part of. But, uh, so if you don't unsubscribe and block us on social media, we would like you to join the conversation and give us your thoughts on this whole angry rant. How yeah. do they do that, Jimmy? That, uh, you know what? You could uh, follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on us. Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to their website, DrVotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoeFoStore.com, and do grab Stephen, some gear. And you know what you could that? do is uh, you can head on to iTunes and leave us that honest five-star review. Yeah. But we're gonna get a bunch of one stars now. Oh yeah! Oh, it's, our, our our ranking's gonna drop to what? It'd be like four and three quarter stars. Oh no! <laughs> Fresh pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Video content on Fridays. Later. Don't make South Park references. What? <laughs> <laughs>